Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, horrible legislation all over the place, including at the federal level with Republican efforts to take away health care, and in Missouri with a bill that would allow employers to discriminate against people who take birth control or have abortions. Luckily, Rihanna has a new boo for us to discuss. And plus, we covet the caftan Serena Williams is wearing in this month's Vanity Fair and offer our own sack dress shopping tips. And finally, some good news about a court opinion out of California reigning in crisis pregnancy centers. Also, real quick, some announcements. There are still tickets for our late show in Brooklyn, July 15th. We're referring to this one as CYG After Dark, and it'll be a totally different show from the earlier one that sold out. So Brooklyn, get your tickets July 15th. We've also got a couple left for our Philly show the following night on July 16th. You can find links to all of this at callyourgirlfriend.com slash events. We want to see you IRL. Hi, Ann Friedman. Hi, Aminatu. So, oh my God, I got to tell you, I I know we have both done events with the incredible Roxanne Gay lately, um, but at the event in LA, which was this week, the woman making the introductions, who I will not, I will not name by name here, but asked me for the pronunciation of your name, which first of all, I'm like, dead giveaway, you're not a podcast listener. <laughs> um, and then I literally told, I was, I was like, write it down. Ah, me, not, to, so. Like, was like totally just like, you know, let's do it real simple for you. And then she got up there and she she butchered it so bad. I was like, I don't even know exactly what she said. And it was all I could do not to open the Q&A with Roxanne by saying, Hi, I'm Ann Friedman, and her name is actually Aminatu So. <laughs> Justice for Aminatu So. Thank you. Justice. But I was like, I was like, you know what? Like you say it literally every week. If this woman had only listened once, she could have saved herself. <sighs> I like somebody recently asked me my name politics or whatever. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Amina versus Aminatu or whatever it was. And I realize that I'm just at a point where I'm just really impatient with people who don't know how to say people's names, like in general. You don't have to make a big deal out of it. Just be polite and be like, I don't know how to say your name. How do I say it? I ask people all the time because I do a ton of public speaking, you know, and like you never want to get their name wrong. But they always make like such a big deal out of it. And then it's so much to do about them. And I'm like, listen, you're coming across as like very stupid right now. My name has, like, mostly vowels. It's not that hard. Like, you can, like, you can say it. If you can say Tchaikovsky, you can say my name. I don't know why this is so hard for people. And by people, mostly I mean, like, a lot of white people. I'm like, stop making it about yourself. Just, like, learn to say people's names or, like, stop talking altogether. And then, like, either way, like, it's Gucci. Like you say with Tchaikovsky, it's not like there aren't other names that are hard to pronounce. I mean, I, I feel like even stuff like the whole, like, like Hannah, Hannah, like, you know, knowing, knowing how to pronounce like someone's name, even when it seems normal. Yeah. Like names are, names are just hard. Like if you don't say them all the time or you don't know how people like pronounce their specific name. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, it is one of those things too, where like, I try to ask, I try to get set like when I'm meeting someone, like, you know, just sort of say like, can you say that one more time at the outset to just be clear? I'm like, I'm trying to get it right. (laughs) Um, But like, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there, there is also a level of, I was like, I watched her write down the syllables. It's just funny. (laughs) I mean, it's really not about this one person. My favorite thing in the world, honestly, is whenever um, I work with, for some reason, have worked with a lot of Irish ladies who I love. This is like when I discovered that on YouTube, you can pretty much put anything like name plus pronunciation and it'll pop up for you. Exactly. And I like live in the Irish pronunciation YouTube channel. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. Like now to the point where like, Obviously, I know how you spell and say Neve, but I'm still going to listen to it because I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I it is. It is one of those things, too, where it's not just like, oh, my God, that's a confusing African name sort of thing. It's like, no, no, like this is just about what your level of cultural familiarity is. 
Yeah, I don't know how to say Katie Smith. I just like YouTube listened to it <laughs> and now we're here. It's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Anyway, I feel better. I feel better clearing the air on that. I'm just like if anyone was at that event, know that I was dying to correct that person. <laughs> I'm so glad you had fun interviewing Roxanne. I interviewed her in New York a week ago and it was awesome. She is the most charming person. I feel like uh, when I was on stage with her, she is like a bright shining light. And I was thinking about how our live shows, I'm like, how can I bottle this energy that she is so good at in front of a crowd? Because we need to like, I don't know. It's like, it's like she's so charming, but also like she's the fucking rock star. It's not like very often that I'm around somebody and I'm like, oh, you have star quality, even around like famous people. Totally, <laughs> like, totally. She you has know, that like, special something. Like we know famous people in this family. But like Roxanne, <laughs> I was like, is, like, I was like, wow, this is this how like people who fill up like stadiums except with like amazing intelligent reading feel like all the time? This is crazy. Oh my gosh, precisely, precisely that. Yeah, people had brought like old books to sign, like magazines. It was crazy. I was just like, this is, this is, yeah, I don't know. She's, she's like the Rolling Stones of writing. It's kind of nuts. I mean, one of the audience questions was legit, what kind of women are you interested in? <laughs> like she was like, I was like, that is a very direct sway over the people who are in this room. I was like, someone is like, yeah, that's <laughs> getting in line. That's amazing. Yeah. Take a number, yeah. get in line. Yeah. And also, I mean, hunger, obviously, I feel like we're talking about her so much, but the book is also really, really well done. And like, and, and she, she made this comment when we were talking about how someone recently dismissed it as just like her journal. It made me so angry because I think of, I, I read like a fair bit of memoir and this in terms of like the structure and what she's doing on a literary level is like so, so ambitious and so interesting and writing it off as like a personal journal or merely like a book about trauma or a book about bodies is kind of selling it short on the quality, you know? You can't please everybody, but uh, you can please enough people that you could be a New York Times bestseller like three times over. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Totally, totally. Here's the thing that I'm thinking about, which is the fact that when everyone is listening to this, we'll be about to head into 4th of July weekend here in the United States of America. USA, and USA, USA. <laughs> yeah. And so there are like a lot of Republicans who are really excited about taking away the meager health care that Americans already have. And they're like, don't worry, we'll be back after this long weekend. And Obamacare is in a death spiral. It is, it's dying. It's awful. It's a carcass on the floor. I don't know what you're talking about. Why is it so bad that Republicans are trying to take away our bad health care and give us worse health care? Oh my God. It is, I honestly, like, this is one of those issues. And I, I felt this way very much around the time that Obamacare was being debated originally, where like, I just don't understand. Like, first of all, there is no Cheeto care. Like, that's the other thing. It's just like Obamacare or nothing. It's not like, oh, we have a better way to do healthcare and to keep Americans from going into medical debt and dying and becoming chronically sick. No, no, there is no Cheeto care. <laughs> There's not. I mean, I, the other thing about this that is maddening Whatever the Senate is doing right now is making me feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I fully remember circa Obamacare, how it's all we talked about for at least one full calendar year. Yeah. Like all of the time we all became healthcare experts, hearings all the time. The president was doing little press conferences all the time, like crazy. And I know. Mitch McConnell, evil turtle, in like five business days, he like thinks that he has come up with like a better healthcare plan. <sighs> I mean, but I don't actually think he has. And that's what I'm trying to say. He doesn't think he's come up with something better. He's just, what, what's better is tax cuts for people who are already rich. It's not like better healthcare. <laughs> I know, but this, but this is what is so maddening about it, right? Is that like you can't run for like seven years, literally for seven years, Republicans of like all weird stripes, like everything from like school boards up to president have been running on the fact that they're going to repeal Obamacare. 
Right. You would think that in those seven years, they had like, I don't know, like some sort of like iOS note tucked away somewhere that had the plan. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, it like- turns out that like for seven years, it was like all talk. And then last week, somebody was like, shit, can you put a PowerPoint together in like five business days? And yeah, it's I mean- just, you know, like I, th- this is the thing I don't understand about politicians also is that. You know, like, supposedly the Senate is, like, a more independent, like, body. You know, like, they think of themselves as these, like, very high-minded, like, lofty politicians. Like, it's like Cicero in the square, basically. And they're also all very, like, collegial. And so everybody gets along here, even though, like, we don't have the same politics. And they're still trying to fuck all of us over. All of them. I know. And it's just like, I don't get how you can prize, like, collegiality (laughs) with your colleagues over the fact that you're going to make a decision that is going to affect people for generations to come. Like, maybe the most consequential vote of your career. And it seems like not a lot of thought and care has gone into it. You know, the one thing that the president and I agree on is that, like, the healthcare plan is mean. Like, there's no other word for it. It is mean-spirited. And I don't understand how, like, grown human beings, like, can think this way. I know. And grown human beings, like, and this kind of goes to the collegiality thing, but a lot of the Republicans who are on the fence about this bill, who we should all be calling, are the ones who have long been labeled as, like, centrist or reasonable, you know, like Susan Collins and, um, you know, I mean, God, in this day and age, even like Lisa Murkowski, people who are <laughs> I like, know. Lisa like, Murkowski I know. Can is you like chill that? now. Can you believe 2017? Like, she's like chill now. This is crazy. No, it's Lisa Murkowski is like a living testament to the fact that like everything is relative. You know what I mean? Like in another era, she would not be looking so reasonable. But anyway, yeah. So if you were in Ohio, and Senator Portman represents you in Nevada, where Senator Heller represents you in Maine, in West Virginia, in Alaska, or in Kentucky. I mean, call the evil turtle, please, if you're in Kentucky. Call these people because they are kind of in core decision-making positions. But, I mean, I mean, call your senators and either thank them if they are already opposing it or push them, even if they're not on that short list. Because, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, wow, wow, wow is the way to... Now I have wild thoughts stuck in my head. But it's just like, it's insane. I watch the news every day now and I'm at the point in the grief cycle where I'm just like, what is actually going on? And words don't mean anything anymore. But like, they're they're like grown human beings who, for the sake of politics, want to destroy like the entire country. That's like, I'm like, that's a lot to take in. I know. I know. And it's like, it's also, it's one of those things too, where, I mean, we talk a lot about like being a critical reader or like finding good information. It's if you visit right-wing sites or if you look at like the ticker on Fox News, like no one is like, hey, guess what? Your senators are trying to take away Medicaid right now. Um, It's like not exactly a blaring headline. There's a lot going on where like, you're right. It's like, it's very crazy, but there's also this feeling of like, I'm in a glass case of emotion. No one else is seeing what's going on here. Or the, or everyone I know already sees it, but there's this like unreachable other that is like not aware of like what these senators actually want to do. It's trying times. It is. It's really trying times. Not to like discourage anyone. Like by all means, like call your senators. If anything, like show up to town halls because that's what recess is for. You know, but it's just, there's something like really disempowering about Yes, I'm in a glass case of emotions. Everything is crazy. You look towards the people who can, like, supposedly make it better, and they're making it worse. Like, I don't know how to, like, where to go from there. Or they're just, like, tweeting, too. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like my congressman, Adam Schiff, who I love, but I'm like, sometimes I see his tweets and I'm like, whoa, he's doing exactly what I'm doing. Just frustrated I know. Tweets we're just tweeting. Going we're on. just tweeting through the pain <laughs> together. But also, like, I mean, love Adam Schiff, like, forever. Forever, I know, forever. I know, He's, like, the only reason I'm watching cable news right now. I'm like, is Adam on? If Adam's on, I'm watching. What's going on? He's, like, the only, he's, like making sense. I know, I know. I mean, like, obviously, he and Maxine Waters and a few others are not just tweeting about this stuff. I get it that they're actually working. But there is like, I don't know, there's this perception of like, nothing can be done even from the inside that I think, even if that feels real in the short term, it's pretty important to 
I know. Um, I was watching this like walk and talk interview with Lisa Murkowski yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like talk about like we've all gone through a lot of personal growth slash it's like really bad that like I'm looking to Lisa Murkowski for like comfort. And, yeah, for reason. <laughs> right. You know, like because she looks like hip and cool. She dresses like she wouldn't take your health care away. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just like, oh, like in an ideal world, like I would see you on the subway and we would like see each other. She's like walking and talking with all these reporters. And then the like MSNBC reporter is like, hey, would you work with Democrats? And she just like stops, like stunned and is like, of course, absolutely. Like I'm watching this and I was like, oh, yeah. Remember how like also only like half of the Senate is like working on this thing and the other half is just tweeting through the pain with the rest of us. This is like untenable. Yeah, I mean, it's also just some federal government level gaslighting where when like Ivanka's dad will tweet something like zero Democrats have weighed in on this bill. And it's like, hello, no Democrats have been asked to weigh in on this bill. You tried to do this in like a closed door setting. This idea of like, oh, it's actually on you and you are the crazy one for thinking that you're shut out. You break it, you bought it. You know what I'm saying? But like, (laughs) it's just, you know, like Amina rules of politics. Can we talk about Cheeto, though? He tweeted some, like, very funny things. At best, he's just, like, a complete fucking idiot. And at worst, he's actually, like, probably senile. And it's, like, scary that we have, like, a person that, like, doesn't have it all together, ready to, like, blow up the whole world. But his, like, uh, his tech tweet, Amazon Washington Post, sometimes referred to as guardian of Amazon, not paying internet taxes, which they should, is fake news. I could teach an entire class on this tweet because, like, one, it makes (laughs) no sense. But two, first of all, the Amazon Washington Post is amazing because, like, Jeff Bezos owns the Post, not Amazon. Also, Amazon can't buy Whole Foods. Like, they're trying to buy Whole Foods without getting, like, the blessing of the government, essentially. And now the, like, fucking person who is in charge of the government is, like, gaslighting all of them. It's, like, amazing. Also, what the fuck is internet taxes? Because I, too, do not pay my internet taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is another reason you know that this man is out of touch. First of all, if you had an Amazon Prime account, sir, you would know that, like, you are 100% paying taxes on, like, everything you buy on that goddamn website. I mean, I know, right? I'm also, I, when, I, when, when listening to you talk about this, I'm picturing, like, what is the, like, Washington Post's Amazon Prime equivalent? It's got to be push notifications, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's so crazy. But the tweets are, like, if you just read the tweets, like, out of context, context being, like, fascism is in the land. We are going to war with somebody imminently. Like, they're kind of hilarious. I just finished a great meeting with the Republican senators concerning health care. And healthcare is like, cap- the H is capitalized, the C is capitalized. Like, only a sociopath does that. They want to get it right, unlike O'Care, exclamation point. With zero Democrats to help and a failed, expensive, and dangerous Obamacare as the Dems' legacy, the Republican senators are working hard. This man's, like, comma game is, like, insane. I'm still stuck on punctuating healthcare uppercase as if it's a brand. And then I'm like, that's actually probably pretty revealing. Like, it's an expensive product now that, like, only the wealthy can afford and everyone else. It's not like a right, which is maybe lowercase or like a fact of life, lowercase. It's like, yeah, an expensive thing that maybe you can it's get. It's so crazy. Or he's, like, very grateful for the nine to O, not zero, like actual letter O, (laughs) decision from the U.S. Supreme Court. We must keep America safe. First of all, it's not a fucking decision. (laughs) That's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Take the phone away. Who are the people that are still letting this man have a phone? When this whole thing ends, however, whenever it ends, I don't think that we will collectively, like, fully understand the, like, Trump years that we went through. This is insane. And the thing is, it's like, it's not just there is one unhinged person sitting in the White House right now. It's like some of the state level news. Like, did you see this Missouri news this week? Girl, you know, I'm not reading Missouri news. Tell me. Okay. Basically, it's proposed. It's not passed legislation yet. But the fact that it has any support is terrifying. The Missouri State Senate is considering legislation that would allow employers to basically be like, Eh, we can fire women who use birth control or have had abortions. Handma- or any tail. people, people who use these things. I know, I know. 
um, which is pretty amazing. They're also, the way the crossover language works in the debate over this legislation referred to St. Louis, which still has abortion providers as an abortion sanctuary city, which the conflation of like these issues, part of me is like, yes, like those of us who are in the struggle for collective liberation understand that things like the rights of immigrants and the rights of people who need abortions are related. It's like a similar struggle. But like when I see the other side do it like that, like dog whistling, now it's not even dog whistle. I can't even, it's, it's just like literally being like, we're going to connect people you hate immigrants with other people you hate women by referring to this city as an abortion sanctuary city. It's like everything about it is just reprehensible. Oh, that's, that's a lot. I'm quaking. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just angry about it. There's really nothing to say. I mean, if you're in Missouri, like, let your state senators know. But, like, wow, wow, wow. Every time you say wow, <sighs> wow, wow, all I think is wild thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's really messing with me. Wow, 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 wow. I don't know why that's my refrain today. I'm just, ugh. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, you know, like, I love how some weeks know. we're like, okay, here's the game plan. Like, we are energized. And then other weeks, like, this week, I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. Like, <laughs> this is how we live now. This is wild. I mean, honestly, though, like, isn't that how... I mean, that's how I feel. Like, I go through some periods where I'm like, okay, we can do this. There are all these really engaged people who want justice in the world. We're going to do it. It's just going to take a while. And then I have other weeks where I'm just like, I can't. I know. I just try to check in on where in the world are the Obamas and they're somewhere on vacation, like fantastic this week. And I'm always like, you know what? If Barack and Michelle think it's safe enough to take the girls whitewater rafting or whatever it is that they're doing down there, we're fine. It's fine. But I like get worried when it's like goes too long and we don't hear from them. And I'm like, uh oh, it's true. Looking at the Obamas on vacation is sort of like the current iteration of like, you know, it's like a step above Googling your ex or something. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I guess you're happy, but I, I somehow still feel worse that you were on a white rotter raft and not protecting our health care, even though I understand why. I know, but let's uh, not get it toasted. We're not Googling our exes. Our exes are Googling us. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> interested in the like hunt to identify Rihanna's new boo but also feeling bad about looking at paparazzi photos of her in a private canoodling in a pool moment <laughs> I know like you know honestly I thought that was the first thing we were going to talk about today and I was going to be like I don't know Anne it's like Rihanna's business who she's with but at the same time leave it to the black twitter detective agency to solve any mystery in 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I want to know who this is, but like, but I could pretend that I like didn't want to know because I knew that some like entrepreneurial teen on the internet would like figure that out for me. You don't even have to pretend you don't want to know. The world knows the truth. The world, everyone wants to know. <laughs> I know. Well, except that like in my like who is Rihanna dating pool, we all thought he would be like a soccer player that we couldn't identify. Mm -hmm. But no, it turns out he's a Saudi billionaire. <laughs> but again, that that's her own business. 
I hate like intimate paparazzi shots. It reminds everybody that like you're kind of a piece of shit for like looking in on this. It's like you know, you know, you know the telelens is happening. You know that like you shouldn't like care about other people's business, even though I'm very happy that Rihanna is getting her swirl on. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's just like it's like the tabloid industry is like capitalism everywhere, and it like it like makes you complicit in like very disgusting ways. I know. I mean, this is not a photo of like Rihanna with her Starbucks getting out of an SUV where it's like, I assume she steals herself every time she does that because she knows what's going to happen. Like this is clearly a very well appointed private pool. (laughs) And yeah, I felt I, I clicked and then I felt shitty about it. I know. I was like, these Spanish villas, like, security is very lax. These shots are, like, crisp and clear. This is not okay. Maybe if Spain had a celebrity as big as Rihanna, they would, like, lock it down. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, also the other problem is that, like, when you live in the Kardashian universe of tabloid, you get a very warped sense of, like, like what is private and what is not private anymore. Mm, mm -hmm. Because early internet Kardashians, and, like, still a lot of famous people do this, where they call the paparazzi on themselves, like, all the time. You wanted me to see this in Daily Mail today. I get it. Of course, yeah. I hate that, like, the lines are blurred that way. But this was, like, clearly a private moment. Um, I'm very happy for Rihanna. It is her own business. But also, like, I hate I hate tabloid culture so much. I know. It also came... I mean, I think it's not unrelated from the previous conversation about how terrible everything else in the news feels. And so it's like Rihanna looking absolutely perfect and enjoying herself to the max is something that it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, maybe I would have been strong enough not to click in another moment, but I was weak this week. I know. You know, my only Rihanna like paparazzi shop rubric I'm actually really into is Rihanna leaving a club or a restaurant with the wine glass? Oh my God, the best. Yeah. There's like one hundreds of these shots. Like, I just, I hope that like in her house, she has like a trophy room that's just like, got him, stole this one from this five-star Michelin restaurant. Like, she just has like wine glasses displayed everywhere. Those generally like make me really happy. Yes, exactly. But we're definitely going to get Beyonce like twin photos imminently any moment now. Of course. Because I follow her stylist on Snapchat and she like posted photos today from like Beyonce's house. So I'm like, like, Mm, what are you, you know, like, it's not a social call. It's like a styling call. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. And also in sort of related news this week, we also got that Serena Williams Vanity Fair cover. I have been hunting down the caftan that she is wearing in that at every Issey Miyake store in this country and every retailer that carries Issey Miyake's please, please line because <laughs> it's all I want. I mean, please describe it for people who have not seen this caftan. It's like the most luscious, pleated, probably some sort of like silk buttery brown like color it looks amazing yeah and then also the photo is so incredible I mean really good use of a fashion photo shoot fan like for sure (laughs) (laughs) definitely the cover is definitely a recall to the you know that famous Demi Moore on Vanity Fair like very very pregnant photo yes 90s iconic I believe I believe so. 90s <laughs> iconic. So Serena, you know, like we hear all about her boo, her tech boo that she's with and how they met. And it's like 100% modern rom-com. Like it's amazing. The whole story. And then like about being pregnant and still winning Wimbledon and like achieving your goals. I saw a fair bit, a fair amount of like eat your heart out Demi Moore captions with the, with the cover. Really? I saw a few. I saw a few. I mean, I'm thinking of one. No, you're right. Okay, never mind. I I walk back this commentary. <laughs> I, I know, mean, it, which, is, but which is like that, really but... dumb, right? It's like, sure, like a pet pregnant photo shoots against each other. But also like, why is the pregnant photo shoot even a thing? I mean, it's just a funny, it is a very like kind of like artful, not so much the caftan photo that feels new and, fre- and fresh, but like the like, I'm cradling my belly and looking regal is like very much like a trope, not just of celebrities, but like, I'm sure we all know someone who has done a pregnancy photo shoot like that. You know what I mean? I mean, for thing. sure, you thing. know, like, like Beyonce had this photo shoot. We know her. 
my God. Hers was, hers was leveled. Hers was like styled differently though. Like I'm talking about the like totally stripped down, like basically exactly that cover and like the Demi Moore cover pose. 100%, right? Yeah. And this, but the thing with all of those is that they're like for private consumption, right? You're not like a noted celebrity for being pregnant. And so the Washington Post actually, um, speaking of like, I don't actually know how to say her name, Robin Given, I want to say. Um, I always say Givon, but maybe Givon. I know, I right? Because she's, know. because she's fashion. Um, you know what? We'll look it up. We'll look it up on YouTube. But Robin, if you're listening, tell us how to say your name. She wrote, who like writes all the style coverage at the the Post, like has this like really interesting piece about the title is literally like "Let Serena Williams's Naked Pregnancy Photo Shoot Be the Last of Its Kind." And so she goes through, like, the history of, like, the pregnant photo shoot and kind of what, what it means. I think that she's, like, very nice to Annie Leibovitz and how she does this because my criticism of this Vanity Fair photo shoot is that it's just, like, ugh, another Annie Leibovitz photo shoot. Like, <laughs> like God. <laughs> like, how many of these? They're, like, beautiful photos. Are you kidding me? Like, very, like, elegantly lit and framed. But, like, there's nothing fresh about them. It's, like, 100% like Vanity Fair. And then throw in, like, Buzz Bissinger to write the the piece. It's, like, classic Vanity Fair, like, package. And yep. so I didn't think there was, like, anything, like, amazing about them. Granted, I love Serena Williams. I think it's, like, badass that she is, like, demolishing people and, like, winning uh, tennis tournaments, like, while, like, many weeks pregnant. The piece is about how... There's nothing really that makes a pregnancy newsworthy. Like, there's nothing about a celebrity pregnancy that is newsworthy. And that's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot, like, including, like, with the Beyonce photo shoot and the whatever. It's like, I'm very happy for you, but there's kind of, like, nothing remarkable about this. In the way that we want to celebrate, like, the pregnancy itself, I think it should be, like, a wonderful private moment. You know, it's like all of the gross commentary on like, oh my God, like Superwoman and Wonder Woman and like you're better than most women or whatever. I struggle with that a lot. Yes and no. I mean, I guess I just kind of accept it as a reality that like any life moment, if you are a celebrity, is like potentially something that you can like own as a moment, you know? And I think like that's part of it too. I feel a little differently where it's something where Serena Williams is participating or Beyonce is engineering a photo shoot that is depicting themselves, presumably how they want to be depicted with their body as it is in this moment. I feel a little differently about that versus like a lot of the like tabloid size of the bump, post baby body like that. That feels a little different because it is like sometimes I think people are like complicit in that. But the way their bodies are talked about there, too. But mostly I'm just like, I don't know. Like, the problem seems to be largely as well, like, how other people interpret it as an achievement. Like, I agree with you. The achievement was winning the Australian Open when she was pregnant. The, the achievement is not, like, seeing a pregnancy through to term necessarily. Although, like, I don't know. If I were, if Serena were my personal friend, I would I would probably see it as an achievement. Like, I see it as an achievement when, like, my friends have kids. So, like, whether Again, or not like that's a right. private personal moment, not, like, a celebrity moment to be like elevated but I do think that the, all of the points that you make are really valid and to be fair to both Beyonce and to Serena and to a lot of people part of the reason that they have to pose for these things is because they want to control the narrative on how exactly. people will talk about them and how people will depict them like Beyonce famously has been accused of like not carrying her own babies which is like the most ridiculous like thing that you can accuse somebody of but, you know, like on a personal level, that is also like deeply hurtful. Like people are really despicable in all of the ways that they can talk about your life, especially for famous people who do and don't sign up for public consumption as they are. You know, it's like it's like, yes, just because you buy a Beyonce album doesn't mean that you're like allowed to talk about like how she like lives her life or her pregnancy. Like that's kind of none of your fucking business. Serena's like this cover ensures that nobody will say that like it was a fake pregnancy. Like, for one. But also, like, I would love to see the person who, like, to Serena's face will, like, say something shitty to her. I'm like, she will kill you. And I'm sure that person exists. I'm sure that person exists. Yeah. But I think that the thing that is, that I, like, enjoyed at least about the Washington Post piece was the kind of the history of, like, there was a time where, like, you would invite the public into your life because you were trying to, like, destigmatize an illness or normalize something that was, like, weird or unfamiliar and literally because we are like such a fucking basic society, now that thing is pregnancy. It's become its own trope. And like I said, it's like anything that people do 
privately. I mean, in a weird way, it's like just like a stars. They're just like us in the same way that like, you know, non-famous humans will do pregnancy photo shoots. It's like there is an appetite to see the famous person equivalent of that. I, I think it is interesting to consider it in terms of what gets you a cover. Was it achievement in her chosen field or her like undeniable athleticism or accomplishment in this sport? No, it was like being pregnant. I don't know. There, there, I, I kind of ask questions about that. It's not like the pregnancy photo is, is bad or like I'm like against it. It's more just like how are women getting portrayed and for what sorts of achievements as a world. Right. And how much agency do they have over it? Right. And is it like, is this a story that you want to tell about yourself or is this a story that other people are telling about you and all of these things. And none of this is to say that like, you can't be happy for people who are pregnant or that like, you can't be happy for people who have children. That's like ludicrous. It's just that like, we're all critical thinkers here. And so you should complicate your understanding about everything. Right. Yeah. And just, and I think that the question too is like, what sorts of depictions of women aren't we seeing on the covers of these things? I mean, if it's always like either women are kind of like in I'm I'm very young and like sexy or like I'm I'm also very sexy, but pregnant. Uh, there's just like it's, there's not a lot of like the and I, there have been covers, but there aren't a lot of them where it's like clearly this woman is being depicted for an achievement that has to do with her her skills and her mind um, and as well as like just something about her that's appealing physically. Totally. I mean, like, and I, listen, I will take a Serena cover and, like, photo shoot of, like, anything she wants to give me, like, any fucking day of the week because she's beautiful and she's amazing. And it is, like, and to me, like, that is the achievement is, like, the fact that, like, Serena Williams can be on the cover of a magazine. Totally, totally. Because of the, like, trash world that we live in and the fact that, like, she has accomplished so much and she is so much and she is more, and she's more than a tennis player and she's more than just, like, her athleticism, her athleticism and her, like, you know, her brawn. Right. And, and she's amazing. I think that that's pretty cool. Basically, moral of the story, like, uh, being a woman, it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> like, and it's also, great. call us about that caftan, Serena. <laughs> yeah, call us about the caftan. Well, call us about the caftan Isia Miyaki Tribeca store, because oh I have called God. you five times. Wait, um, have you really? Like, I can't even. I'm my my. my oh, and my, I've my, been hunting it down. It's not on any of the online stores that sell that line. Like, you know, my like ability to sleuth an outfit that I want. But this is, like, confounding. I just just can't believe, like, I mean, all of the dollars. That's what I can't believe. I'm just, like, I can't, like, I can't bring myself to pay that much for loungewear. Even really nice loungewear. Well, listen, we don't know how much it costs. First of all, Issey Miyake is very reasonably priced. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't even. I can't even with you. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I own one of the Pleats Please things. And it was, like, please. You, like, it was not as expensive as you think it is. And also, it was really not that expensive. Okay, good to um, know. But anyway, back to this Washington Post thing. I think you should read it because I like there's so many things I didn't know about the Demi Moore photo shoot itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I was a very young child when it came out. Um, this is my new thing is reminding people how young I am because like a 15 year old tried to make me feel bad about how old I was. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm very young, sir. Um <laughs> But um, it was right after she had done Ghost. So it's like the like the peak of her celebrity at the time. And also like she had the short, like cropped hair, all of that stuff. And the 90s were basically the time where like if you were pregnant, you had to like retreat into like terrible maternity wear. And also like if you were a woman that was pregnant, you kind of had to like go away for a little bit. Yeah, like I there mean, was no, there was no like celebratory baby bump photo shoot, which I did not realize at the time, and so I was like, okay, like the elevation of like this thing, like this makes sense to me in this context, right? And also, you can't win; like you shouldn't have to hide your body if you're pregnant, but you also shouldn't feel obligated to like reveal everything in like a very calculated photo shoot. Like I feel like there's, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh god, it's different, but it's like it's not better. <laughs> I know, but isn't being famous just like one calculated photo shoot after another? I don't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> 2019, you're about to know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the year, the year, and makes it stop.
So on a related note, do you want to take a listener question? Sure. I will read it because it's sort of directed at you. And Oh, God. I know. The question is, Amina's caftan game is so strong. Can y'all do a segment on where to shop? I remember the of a kind and Miranda Bennett shout outs from earlier episodes, but summer is here and I need to stay breezy with three exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. For, for the purposes of this question, we'll just refer to caftan as everything that is some sort of sack dress. Does that make sense? Sure. I, I would argue that a caftan is like in the sack dress category, but not all sack dresses are caftans. I'm with you. Okay. I'm totally with you. So like, where do our favorite sack dresses on the internet live? In general, like, yes, of a kind has featured a caftan I'm very fond of. I still am not the owner of it, but I will own it very soon. Mm-hmm. I'm still on that shopping fast I put myself on. Yeah, sack dress is also a good search term combo that I employ frequently. <laughs> sack dress is great. But yeah, like, where are good places? Like, Etsy is a really good place to start, honestly. Like, especially if you're looking for something that is, like, pre-owned or vintage, you know, like, softer cotton, like, well-worn. Etsy has never steered me wrong. And I think it's, like, one of my, like, preferred, like, drunk Google searches. Yes. The is, only uh, advice, though, is read... The composition, the fabric composition. Yeah, I mean, my advice mostly is like, don't drink and shop because then like (laughs) things that don't fit you will definitely show up at your house and many sunglasses. For some reason, I buy sunglasses all the time. Um, But yeah, definitely like read the description for everything. I love the Miranda Bennett dresses also that I've written about and talked about before. Where else? Like Garmentory also that um, Carly has like turn me on to definitely like has a ton of sack dresses. I have a sack dress that is curator brand that I'm very into. It's like tensile or something, but it is super soft and super breathable. It has pockets. It has like a, a slit up the front that's like breathable, but not too high. It checks all my boxes. Yeah. Black, that the black crane also that Ooh, sold yeah. many mm-hmm. places. It's sold many, many places from like Toto Cayo to Garmentory to like many places has like some really good sack dresses, sack dress options as well. I'm trying to think like, where else do I go? That store cause COS also has mm-hmm. some like decent sack dress options. And then one of my like local Bay Area favorites, Gravel and Gold, also like some like solid dress options there. Pretty much the entire internet is here for this. It's true. I mean, I I actually feel like the search terms of like the material you want, like like cotton or linen or whatever, um, or searching like by color, like kind of like sorting, giving some other search term other than just caftan will probably lead you closer to the sack dress of your dreams. Exactly. It's like caftan, vintage caftan. I am like mostly happy in just like linen, cotton or like silk sometime options. Just go wild. One of our friends and I'm failing, failing to remember who right now was talking about how she only wants to wear garments that hit her body at like three, three points or less, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, like both shoulders and maybe the boobs, but like doesn't, doesn't touch anything else. And I was like, yes, (laughs) listen, there's a dress from black crane. I want that does exactly that. I'll send it to you. And as soon as I'm allowed to buy things again, I will buy it. Yeah. When does your shopping embargo lift? Uh, technically end of this month, but I cheated for four days this week. So I have to make them up on the other Four days? <laughs> yes. I like went a little crazy. Oh. Well, no, I didn't go crazy. I only bought two things, but like for four days I was obsessing over, it's like I had a wedding to go to. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I couldn't concentrate. I treat the shopping fast. Like, like that's my Ramadan. That's my like Ramadan. So I'm just like, you know what? I like, oh, four more days. So I'm going to like tack them back on. Okay. Ramadan shopping debt. That's right. My (laughs) Ramadan shopping debt. But uh, it feels, you know, honestly, it feels good. It feels good to be like, I didn't buy anything for like almost 60 days. Totally. I mean, that is an achievement. I know. And you know me, like it's my sickness. So it's like the best. I mean, I'm not going to talk about what the mail delivery service is like at your house. I'm just going to, you, you and I well, know what it's like. <laughs> well, here's the, also the dirty secret of going on a mail fast. Maybe do all of your shopping up front and then it'll show up as you're not allowed to buy things. Wow. But, you know, but here's the other thing, Anne, like I, because I'm like an almost online exclusive shopper, I return, I would say like two thirds of the things I buy. Like I'm really good at returning. Sure. So it doesn't stress me out to like get things at home. Yep. Because if I don't like it or if it doesn't fit right, I'm never one of those like, 
I'm too lazy to return it. Where's the post office? Like, how do I? I'm like, please. Like, my life, I live for returning things to stores. I mean, it, it feels good, right? Like, only keeping what's perfect. Yeah, only keep what's perfect. Also, you know, at the Sew household, we have a one comes in, one goes out rule. So it's like. <laughs> I mean, New York closet rules for sure. <laughs> what's the point of, like, owning so many things that you can't wear all of them in a year? Makes no sense. I mean, I am a maximalist who does not believe in KonMari. And my feeling is if I wear something and it's the perfect thing for one day out of 365, it was worth it. So we're different. I will never forget looking for a scarf in your closet one time and getting like engulfed in it. (laughs) When you lived in the bungalow, I was like, I need one thing. If I were an Anne Friedman scarf, where would I live? And then... It was like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe on the other end of it. It was insane. It was like, if I were 300 Ann Friedman scarves, where would I live? <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, miss you, bungalow. I know. My closet stitch, though, mm, was tough. One final posy note shout out before we go, which is about a positive court opinion released by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California about crisis pregnancy centers. Basically what? saying CPCs, what's going I know. on? So, so if you are not familiar, crisis pregnancy centers are places that like to pretend that they offer a range of women's health services, but in fact offer exclusively propaganda that is anti-choice. So due to a big push led in part by a friend of mine at the San Francisco city attorney's office, shout out to Aaron Bernstein. Um, Woo, Aaron! I know this court case came down basically saying that crisis pregnancy centers can't false advertise. Like they cannot advertise themselves as offering women's health services because they do not, which is huge. Yeah, this is this is amazing. It's just like, you know, I like I've had the feeling many times lately that I'm like lawyers are going to save us and this was a really long game. I mean, this this has been in motion for years and years. But honestly, yeah, because when I was at Google is when they ruled that like the CPCs couldn't advertise on um on like use Google Ads anymore because yes. they were all lying about their services. Yeah, and they and they really they went out of their way to say too that like actually this decision is not about the politics of choice or the legality of abortion. This is just a false advertising case, yeah, and you it's are like, advertising stop false. Lying. Yeah, like, yeah, they're they're all liars, and you know it's always like those ads on the you know like on the side of the highway or on you know like the internet banners that are like, "Are you pregnant? Do you need help? Are you sixteen? Yep. And then they like bamboozle you. And it's so infuriating because people who like actually look them up are people who do need help and are yeah. their most vulnerable. That's really cool about that ruling. I oh, know. Yeah. I know. And so anyway, like I just wanted to end on a posy note. I mean, I know, I know calf tans are a posy note, but wanted to end on like an extra posy note. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me really happy, actually. That's I know. Happy. Me too. Wow, wow, wow. Lawyers really <laughs> earning their keep out here. <laughs> I know, really saving us all. So happy 4th of July, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's like hard to feel hard Wait, to feel is much. that this weekend? Yeah, this is, well, it's like coming up, you know, it's like, it's technically 4th of July weekend, so. Listen, when you work at home, every day is 4th of July weekend. <laughs> I know, you're just out here barbecuing on like a Thursday. <laughs> My God. Um, how is it already July? I can't. I can't. There has to be like a German word for like the older you get, the faster time goes by or something. Because this is like, it's like terrifying. Yeah. There has to be a German word should be like, I'm sure someone has made that Tumblr already. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for this word. While, while you're like looking up Tumblrs, I'm going to call back to figure out where I can get my hands on a Serena Williams caftan when I'm allowed to shop again. Oh, uh, great news. Please report back once it's on your body. I want to, I want to do an episode in the future where you're, where you're actually wearing this and the dream has been achieved. My fear, Anne, is that it's gone. It's like the, <laughs> like this is this is very similar to the time where I watched the Adele music video for "Send My Love to Your New Lover." Is that what the song is called? Yes, that song. That song is great. 
it's like we don't watch music videos anymore. Twice a year, I get together with friends and we watch music videos. And so the song had obviously been out for like six months. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing this like amazing dress. And I was like, I must have this dress. What is this dress? I must have it. Set up and? like Google alerts, eBay alerts, called like every store in America, did the whole thing. Finally, it came up in my size, like maybe like six months later. Mm-hmm. There was like one on, uh, what's that website called? List, L-Y-S-T, mm-hmm. um, that I've been trying to unsubscribe to for like a year now. But like magically, I still appear on the email list. Uh, people, who don't, <laughs> people who don't take you off their email list, there's like a special place in hell for them. This time it worked out. It's like the dress was there. They were like, there's one left. It's like, like this weirdo British store, like get it. And I like couldn't pull the trigger. Oof. But I realized that it's all about the chase. I was like, I was happy that I had found it. And I was like, I don't actually need this in my life because I love Adele, but I don't have buying Adele dress kind of money. So, you know, like be smart. Oh, man, I am just sorry. I have not said what I was going to do. I'm now down a Google image hole for Isimiyaki Kaftan and it's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. And there's some like very good like vintage options in there, too. I know. That's what I was just looking at. I was like, hmm. Maybe that's in my budget. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, when we're billionaires one day, I'll buy you an entire Issey Miyake store. How about I that? I can't wait. I, that brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> I just like, if I started adding up all the things that I've told you for when I'm a billionaire, like I probably have no more billions left. I don't know. We can rent out our yacht on the weekends and stuff. It's like true. when we're not using like it. Yacht. Like- <laughs> you think we can rent out the giraffe also? Yeah. Children's birthday parties. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't think that you're rich unless you have a giraffe at home. I can't wait till we live like African dictators. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'm going to go finish my homework for the rest of the day. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts or on Apple Podcasts, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, look that up yourself, or on Instagram at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. All other music you heard today was composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. And this podcast is produced by the beautiful Gina Delbeck. Oh my God. See you on the internet. (laughs) See you on the internet, boo-boo. 